0: Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. At Megabyte, we support UK scale-up and mid-market software and ICT services companies to develop robust growth strategies, understand their competitive landscape and customer sentiment, benchmark their financial performance and valuation, and identify and track M&A targets. And we do this in three key ways, with proprietary insights and data contained in our subscription research service, through a series of package consulting services and with access to our network of some 500 tech sector CEOs through our events and our expert network. And critically, we deliver these insights and connections with an obsessive attention to independence and impartiality. In this show every month, I analyse the plethora of new data and insight on our platform, and the dozens of CEO conversations that we have every month to bring you key financial, trading, transaction and valuation themes from the preceding month, and to help you understand what that might mean for the outlook. If you'd like to know more about Megabyte services, the best thing to do is just to head to our website at megabyte.com and hit the Try Megabyte button and our customer team will be really happy to help you out. So here's a quick canter through the key highlights from the Megabyte CEO Barometer this month. Starting first with trading news, and I think uh, it's been a generally positive picture. Lots of trading news out in January as there always is, both results and trading updates here and in the US. And I think we're seeing a generally positive trend with improving trading and certainly um, fewer downgrades uh, to expectations for the public companies than we saw at the back end of last year. But it's by no means a a one way street and there are definitely still some signs of weakness out there. Um, I think one of the key themes for for this uh, year, and I think we saw lots of evidence of that in January, was this idea of, of companies driving back towards the rule of 40 and really using their operational leverage To achieve that. And I think we particularly saw that from results from the majors such as SAP, Microsoft and ServiceNow. And I'll talk about that as we go through the show. Looking at share prices, um, on both sides of the Atlantic, share prices generally uh, consolidated the gains they'd made in the second half of last year, particularly in the first quarter of last year. And on valuations, unsurprisingly, therefore, were relatively steady. And we're seeing, on average, UK listed tech stocks trading at about 11.5 times uh, current year EV, EBITDA. Still pretty low, but off the 10-year lows that we saw during uh, the fourth quarter of last year. In terms of deal activity, um, the percentage change on January 2023 is, is significantly uh, negative, because actually partly because January 2023 was a slightly enormously strong month for deal activity. Overall deal volumes were down um, by about 27% to 88 deals uh, on our database during January. Um, but as I say, we're seeing deal activity broadly where Uh, It has been for the last few months. In terms of different deal activity categories, capital markets still very, very quiet. Those sort of slightly improved share prices really still aren't showing through into any meaningful deal activity, whether that's IPOs or FPOs. Private equity continues to be robust, particularly secondary buyouts. There's a key theme for 2024, as I mentioned last month, and we we saw four uh, secondary buyouts. Uh, during January, out of a total of six deals, actually really quiet on MBOs though, so it'll be interesting to see how that trend develops through the year. Venture capital, very quiet at both ends of the scale, uh, pre-series A, very early stage deals, are very quiet still, there's also really no very large late stage deals happening, but really quite vibrant again in series A, series B, series C, and the total amount of, deal, of funds raised during January was actually up slightly year on year, so that's a really positive sign. M&A volumes continue to be relatively subdued. We saw 48 on our, on our database in January. That was down significantly, again, year on year, but broadly the same as we've seen that 40 to 50 range for the last few months. No big deals to talk about on M&A activity, um, just that kind of run rate bolt-on deal activity that we see. Um, so just quickly on the outlook, I think that um, those of you who listened to the show last month when I talked about my predictions for this year will know that it's... Um, I'm reasonably positive about this year. Uh, I think the share price outlook uh, remains relatively strong, I think, and therefore valuations also for public companies. Um, Who knows what's going to happen with the IPO market? Uh, There is chatter, as I said, Raspberry Pi and others talking about IPOs, but no activity yet. So we'll monitor that very carefully. Um, I think PE is really where it's going to be at this year in terms of particularly those secondary buyouts. And as those secondary buyouts happen, I think that will unlock the M&A activity as those businesses get back on the M&A trail. So overall a reasonably positive outlook continues to be so. Uh, that's it for a canter through the key highlights for this month. Let's get on with the show. So starting the show this month thinking about what's been going on, some of the highlights in, in the plethora frankly of results and trading updates during January um, and starting first with thinking about the, the, some of the US majors and in particular interesting results I think from Microsoft a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago actually, um, and not, not surprising that all things cloud are driving Uh, growth there we saw a 16% constant currency growth from the group as a whole but the Azure business still growing at 30% which is quite extraordinary given the size of that business and interestingly we are now also starting to see the AI products particularly in Microsoft case that's all around Copilot, love it or hate it uh, that's kind of uh, really starting to drive genuine revenues for uh, for Microsoft and I think that's going to be a theme for some of the leaders in the industry this year as we start to see genuine revenues coming through from some of those AI products. It's going to be fascinating to see how much of that, uh, how quickly they grow and how the adoption sort of develops. I promised at the the top of the show to talk about operational leverage. And I think this is a a really fascinating theme for the year as companies that have struggled with probably uh, certainly with growth, but also the margins during uh, the last couple of years Obviously, lower growth tends to be lower margin with reverse operational gearing, but also generally people overhired uh, during 2021 and 2022 and su- had suffered the consequences of that in their in their cost base and their margins. We're seeing that reversing now with some companies really pushing forward. So Microsoft, as I said, grew its revenues by 16%, but its headcount was down 2% year on year and its operating profit was up 24% in, in, in the year, or was it a quarter? I'm not sure. But it, it's... it's um, that operational leverage that we've seen coming through. And we saw the same from SAP and we saw the same from ServiceNow. So SAP's results overall were a bit mixed, to be honest with you, but they are guiding towards 8 to 10% constant currency growth for the current year. And um, interestingly, profits though, up 20%. As they restructure their business, they announced that 8,000 roles will be uh, restructured, either leave the company or, or, or reassigned into higher growth areas um, over the next few weeks and months. So SAP driving that operational leverage ServiceNow, even at the high growth end, guiding to actually now had not guiding to reported 24% revenue growth organically, very impressive performance from ServiceNow overall, I have to say. Um, but 32% increase in operating income. So even at that high growth level at scale, um, you're getting some positive operational leverage coming through from ServiceNow. So I think that's a key theme to watch. And if you're um, if you're aboard Uh, If you're a CEO on the board of a tech company here in the UK, and you're not thinking about how you drive back to that rule of 40, I really think that's something for your board to consider this year. Um, And by the way, um, uh, Megabyte has all of the metrics that you will need uh, to enable you to understand what good looks like from a financial benchmarking perspective. So if you want some help with that, please get in touch. We can do that through our subscription service or indeed as a project. Um, Back here in the UK, uh, again, a slew of of, of company results, which I think is interesting. Um... uh, Sage broadly in line, uh, positive, broadly positive statement in line. Compute Center, quite a strong set of results, uh, trading update and and decent guidance there. FDM was one of the the companies I highlighted at the end of last year as a broadly based business that actually was still downgrading its financial performance or its its outlook. FDM actually, with its up trading update, actually reaffirmed guidance for twenty twenty four. So that's a much more positive picture, albeit still very low growth for that business. NTC struggling a bit at the moment, but sorting itself out, but weak results overall, but, but in line. Uh, learning technology, similar picture there, flat, but in line. Accesso had a slight downgrade. Alpha Financial Software had a slight upgrade. Maytech had a slight downgrade. So there's this, tr- there's this sort of theme where we're seeing, uh, we're seeing broadly, I think, overall slightly positive, but still some downgrades, but we're not seeing in large terms anyway, any significant downgrades to results. I won't go into any detail, but I did just want to also highlight that um, obviously 75% of our coverage at Megabyte is private companies. I tend to to focus on the public companies in the podcast because because it's it's the latest sort of up-to-date news. But we've got really great coverage from our team at Megabyte on a, a bunch of really significant private companies that have talked about their results in January to our team. Zealous, Wireless Logic, Geocom, Advanced, actually that was a deal update, System C, Learning Pool, BCN. Overall, the, the, uh, the team had conversations with around 50 private companies during January. So if you're a subscriber, please um, take a look at some of that analysis that's relevant to you because it's awesome. And if you're not a subscriber, please obviously get in touch. So that's a quick think, thought about the, uh, the, trading, uh, the trading picture during January and I think supports my view of a, a progressively more positive picture through 2024. We'll look next to what's been going on in the capital markets. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, share prices really consolidating those gains from the back end of last year, and uh, modestly up across the board, really, uh, during during January. The megabyte universe of one hundred and fifty, roughly 150 UK-listed tech stocks, that was up 2% in January, and the EV EBITDA was broadly flat at about 11.6 times. Software, um, The software side of things, which makes up actually the majority of those companies, was up 2%. Uh, valuations broadly flat at about 12, just over 12 times EV EBITDA, and ICT up 1%. And the EV EBITDA also at 1%. Actually, interestingly, just tipping back over that 10 times multiple, which is interesting, I think. For context, the uh, the FTSE 250 was down very slightly in the month. So tech stocks slightly outperforming the overall market here in the UK. Um, NASDAQ up 3% um, in January. EV EBITDA up a similar amount to 16.4 times. The BVP cloud index, this is a, uh, an index of 100 sort of high-growth SaaS stocks. That was flat during January, but we did see an increase of about 10% in the EV sales multiple, nearly getting towards eight times again now. So that's really improved significantly over the last few months um, as confidence to some degree has returned to the market. Talking about some of the individual companies I talked about in the previous section of what's been going on with their share prices, generally I say a a positive picture. Um, In the US, Microsoft stock was up 7% on the month. SAP, interestingly, up 17% on the month, which is interesting. Service now up 11%. So that, that... operational leverage story I talked about, finding favour with investors. Here in the UK, the two outstanding share price performers, was very interesting, Alpha Financial Software, that was up 22% on an upgrade. Made Tech, although it downgraded, I think it was a sort of relief rally there for Made Tech, which as you probably know has been through a hell of a time since its IPO a couple of years ago. Those shares were up 21%, which is good, although still down massively on their IPO price. Sage was up slightly, Computer Centre up 6%. FDM up 4%, Learning Technologies up 4%, so these businesses generally not too bad. NCC not quite so good, down 3% on the month, Accesso down 4%, so there are still a couple of laggards, but overall a reasonably positive picture for some of the companies reporting news, trading news or deal news, mainly trading news to be fair, during, uh, j- during January. As I said, deal flow really, there is just tumbleweed, continues to roll across the floors of corporate broking offices across the city. And it was just one tiny follow-on public offering, three hundred thousand pound follow-on public offering from what you have to describe really as a moribund AIM company, Mobile Streams. Um, you know, so we don't even really need to talk about that. It is, it is quite extraordinary how little deal volumes there are going through the, the, the public company uh, world in the UK at the moment. I know I keep going on about it, but I mean I've been doing this thirty years, and I just it, it's nothing like I've ever seen before in terms of how quiet it is out there. Will, will it improve as I said a minute ago or earlier in the show I, I I honestly don't know I mean I think you know I think if the share prices continue to rally we will see a gradual improvement in follow-on public offerings public companies will get back to doing m a that will require some funding and some of them might also do a bit of balance sheet restructuring if their share prices allow it some of them quite indebted following uh, you know debt raises to to, to, to fund acquisitions during the uh, during the bull, the bull market if you like but it's a really uncertain picture to be honest with you as you know i really don't I really don't feel, uh, I'm pretty certain that there's, no, there's not going to be any fundamental reversal of the de equitization trend we've seen really for the last 10 or more years. But we might see some, we might see some, uh, some more positive activity as we go through the year. I mean, let's be honest, it can't get any worse. Um, but I've given up really trying to predict a, an improvement because it just doesn't seem to want to happen. So a bit of a depressing picture on the corporate activity front. More positive, I have to say, on the share price and valuation front. Um, so that's, that's really all to say on capital markets. Um, we'll look next to what's been going on in, in private equity and a pretty positive story, particularly around secondary buyouts. Overall, we registered six private equity deals on our database during January. That was down one, so we, 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 we registered seven in January 2023. Um, but overall, a decent performance. Interestingly, looking at the spread of deals, uh, no managed buyouts, interesting, compared to one last year. Four secondary buyouts compared to four last year. Uh, no public to privates compared to one last year and a couple of interesting carve-outs, and there was only one last year. So, still that focus on secondary buyouts. And those of you who tuned into the show last month, my January predictions, one of those key themes really was the secondary buyout market um, uh, returning to health. We, we saw a very quiet SBO market last year as PE firms were kind of fretting about valuations and also some of their portfolio companies were trading. The trading was a bit volatile, not sure where that was going to land. Both of those things seem to have largely settled now. Um, valuations settled at a slightly lower level. Trading uh, maybe not quite as strong, but, but kind of more predictable now. So that is uncorking the SBO bottle, uh, and we saw four, as I said, secondary buyouts uh, during January. A couple of significant ones. I mean, start with the biggest one by a long way was Argus Media in the information and data space. That's a whopper at three point six billion. That was HG Capital selling its stake to uh, existing shareholders, the management team, and also General Atlantic. Uh, so that's an interesting interesting one at the very large end of the market. In the mid-market, what I would describe as a classic mid-market secondary buyout deal curve, uh, this is in the ICT services space, what we think was about a £250 million deal. LDC, partial exit, uh, rolling some of its stock into Bridgepoint, uh, acquiring a majority, I think a majority stake in that business, certainly a chunky stake in that business. Uh, what we think was a sort of mid, maybe uh, m- low to mid-teens um, EV, EBITDA multiple, so uh, that's a deal that we know has been, has been under discussion for months. So, the, you know, this, these SBOs are taking time to get done. But really interesting, I think, uh, to, to see that getting announced. At the smaller end, but also what I would describe as a sort of classic lower mid-market SBO, Kick ICT, Scottish IT Services Company, BGF selling to LDC, um, and we think about £35 million, uh, deal value. Kicking on, they'll kick on, pardon the pun, with their, uh, with their M&A as well, I'm sure, uh, following that deal. Elsewhere, Synova exited Vistair. Finally, they've been in that in that business since Noah was a lad. Not the most uh, not the most amazing outcome for Sinova with that business. It's not been a fantastic performer, um, but that was sold to a P-backed uh, kind of competitor, effectively. Although we've classified it as a secondary buyout. So uh, interesting on the SBOs, as I mentioned, no, no management buyouts. That's a trend we'll keep an eye on because um, you know I wonder slightly wonder whether. The, the sort of focus on SBOs might rob the MBOs from a little bit of, of capital this year. But we'll see, maybe not. Two interesting carve-outs interesting to talk about this month. Um, one was, I think the most interesting one is, is uh, Wiley. So those of you with memories will remember that ECI sold a business called M3 to Wiley uh, back in 2019. And we looked at that at the time and went, this is the wrong price. Uh, ECI has had an absolute home run here. And um, as it turns out, it was. And um, Wiley, which now called that business uh, Wiley Edge, but it's basically the M3 business as we understand it, has exited that business to InSpirit capital for about 50 million. So less than half that what ECI sold it to them for four years ago, four or five years ago. Um, And I think that's really symptomatic of what's been going on in the IT consulting world. There's still, don't get me wrong, still lots of IT consulting businesses growing very nicely, but it has been a much more challenging environment for those businesses in the last 12 months. And what I'm sure looked like a very exciting deal to Wiley in 2019, less so now. So interesting to see that business coming out the other side. It'll be interesting for us to continue to track it going forward. Also a small carve out, Track Global and Telematic Space. They sold their um, security solutions business to a back to a management buyout backed by Foresight Ventures. So that's an interesting deal as well. Um, also just to note, not plain sailing in the PE world, and, and the leverage side of things is still causing some problems out there. Chart house, August equity-backed Chart house, restructuring its balance sheet. So the latest, primarily I have to say, in the ICD services world, that is having to look at its balance sheet again in the light of higher interest rates and in some cases not amazing trading or lower growth than was hoped. Um, And so I'm sure we'll see more of those as well coming through before the cycle is fully through its nadir. On terms of the outlook i 'm sorry i 'm bleating on a little bit about this, but the, you know the SBO market really is where it 's all at this year I, th- uh, I think for for uh, private equity at least and I do think, as I said that will drive m a activity. you look at curve, for example, you look at also businesses like Babel, which we 're pretty certain is, is is looking at its uh, next buyout as well. Those were very active, particularly Babel, I have to say I think Babel completed eight acquisitions in the first half of two thousand and twenty three and none in the second half of two thousand and twenty three um, as it looks to sort of find its next shareholder. But no doubt will kick on, assuming it does another PE deal, kick on with MA, as I'm sure Curve will now. It's got uh, Bridgepoint uh, backing it. So the SBOs, as that, that cork uh, comes out of the SBO bottle, that will also unlock, I think, a lot of MA activity. But just to turn back to, for a second, looking at the outlook for SBOs, there are 170 PE backed businesses on our database at Megabyte that are more three years or more um, into their ownership cycles. So we saw 29 total SBOs last year, and only 11 in the first half of the last year, uh, of last year, and, and, and 18 in the second half of last year. I think it's entirely possible that 50 of those, uh, those 170 businesses, will do some kind of secondary buyout this year. Obviously, a lot of them will go to trade sale, but I think we're going to see probably as much as double the amount of SBOs this year as we did last year. Certainly, first half of the year, I think, will be double what it was first half of last year. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to track that. So it's it's going to be a little bit of a feeding frenzy, I think, for some of the mid and upper market buyout houses that are looking at that uh, secondary capital. So pretty positive picture in uh, in private equity, perhaps with the exception of MBO. Um, and uh, we will go on next to look at what's been going on in the world of venture and growth capital. So as we look at what's going on in venture and growth capital, it really is, really is the sort of healthy middle that's generating all of the deal volumes and value at the moment. Both ends of the market are a very quiet. What I mean by that is you know, we've seen a, we've seen a, a vanishingly small number of pre-series A deals going on at the moment. Uh, only four uh, during January, which um, is down two thir- nearly three quarters actually on what we saw in January last year. So that very early stage, arguably highest risk capital, is really struggling, really, really struggling at the moment. Equally, at the very large end of the market, and you'll know if you listen to the podcast that this has been going on a while now. The very large $100 million raises that we saw many, many of in 2021 and early 2022 are just not really happening anymore. You do see one or two uh, where businesses that are really s- sort of executing at scale will still will still uh, receive substantial capital or some sort of sexy AI business might be as well. But for the most part, the activity at the moment is really in Series A, B, C and D maybe to a degree as well. And actually, it's really pretty vibrant in that part of the market. We saw 10 Series A deals during uh, during January, that was double the number we saw in January last year. Um, and I'd highlight um, IMU Biosciences, it's an AI genomics business, eleven million Series A raise. FinTech Z- um, Zillow raising twenty-five million, chunky Series A raise for those for those guys. So there's quite a lot of decent money going into Series A. I have to say the theme as well is FinTech, but next-gen FinTech, not neo banks, next-gen AI-based FinTech like like a um, like a Zillow or, or indeed a uh, um, a um, Uh, 10 times banking, which I'll talk about in a second. Uh, That's where the money is going, um, um, healthcare and and fintech, but around AI and data. Also pretty decent in Series B, C, D, sort of what is called mid-late stage deals. Um, Seven of those, same number as last year. Um, And just to highlight a couple of deals there, the very subtly named Hyper Exponential, um, which is in AI insurance pricing, that was a chunky £57 million uh, Series B And another genomics platform, interestingly, less excitingly named Genomics PLC uh, as a 35 million Series B. So um, good money going into Series B where businesses are executing uh, as typically I would imagine is usually for international expansion. As I mentioned, no late stage deals. Again, very late stage deals, Series E onwards and growth capital flat at 12 deals. So again, still quite a lot of activity in that growth capital world. Again, I'd highlight FinTech business 10 times banking. This describes itself as a cloud bank operating system. That was a 40 million growth capital raise. So overall, I think we're seeing a decent decent trend in in, in VC. And as I mentioned in the highlights, um, nearly 400 million raised overall, slightly up on January 2023. So the total amount of capital going into VC is relatively stable at that 400 to 500 million uh, range on a monthly basis. And I think we're going to see that continuing this year. I think you, know, you cannot understate, um, cannot overstate the, um, the, the kind of focus on AI and uh, data and machine learning businesses as opposed to vanilla SaaS businesses going forward. Some of those vanilla, vanilla SaaS businesses, you know, traditional chapter one SaaS businesses in HR software or whatever, they'll still get later stage funding if they're really executing. So a couple of large HCM software businesses, for example, that are still getting massive amounts of funding because they're really executing. Um, But earlier stage, it's really, and series A and series B, it's really going to be around AI Uh, data businesses, as we're seeing, particularly in in healthcare and particularly in fintech, which is where adoption is seeming to be the most, the TAM is biggest, I guess, and the the adoption is probably going to be the most rapid as well. So overall, I think we're going to see that transition continue and become more evident. As those businesses go through series A, B, C, uh, then obviously you'll see the overall volume, uh, sorry, overall value of deals increase as well, I think. It's a real concern though about pre-series A, and I'll be be fascinated to see how that works, because you're not really going to get Series A and Series B unless you get more money starting to go back into the pre-Series A. So um, I, I'd like to think we're going to see some improvement in that as we go through the year, but it's certainly flat on its back at the moment. So that's a look at VC and uh, growth capital. I'll finish the show, as always do, with a look at a pretty quiet month in M&A, and then I'll wrap up and, 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 uh, and pull together the strands for the outlook. Candidly, not a huge amount to bring to your attention, really, from the M&A front. As I mentioned earlier in the show, 48 deals to talk about Uh, during the month 15 of those were in ICT services 33 of those were in the software sector both of those were down by a third but as I said I don't really think that's that's actually a fair uh, reflection of what's going on in the market January 2023 was very strong we're typically seeing 40 to 50 deals a month in M&A at the moment so I'd say it was business as usual in M&A in January Um, ICT um, is, is really quite in the doldrums as you know but referring back to what I said earlier about SBOs, particularly the likes of Curve and Babel and those guys, I really do think that's going to pick up quite quickly this year. Um, certainly, as we move towards the second half of the year, as some of these um, larger mid-market SBOs get done and they get back on the MA trail. There weren't any significant deals in MA to talk about. Um, it was really just ongoing run rate MA uh, bolt-on, if you like, and Idea, Idea Gem was active, Access was active. The usual suspects are much lower levels than they were previously, but still active in the market. And we're seeing that Continuing on, so I won't labour that too long on the basis that there's no huge themes to, to, to draw out of that. So just to wrap it all, pull it all together, wrap up, uh, wrap up the show this month. Um, you know, I think 2024 started as as I pretty much expected, solid in PE, led by SBOs, still relatively downbeat in MA, VC's remaining steady, um, but but those those sort of relatively subdued levels are are, uh, are not hiding. But but you're also seeing within VC that shift away from Chapter One SaaS. To chapter two AI and and data businesses, and as for the capital markets, just you know, just just awful to be honest with you from a deal flow perspective. If not too bad on share price and valuation. So, so looking forward, I I do feel you know it's early days. I feel quite confident about, particularly about my predictions around SBO, and I won't I won't go on about that again. And I that will I think have an impact on M and A, as I said, Um, and. I think the outlook for share prices and valuations in the public markets are still pretty decent. You know, you've got to reflect on the fact that although they're up from their 10 year lows, 11 and a half times as an average multiple for quoted companies and 12, less than 12 and a half times as an average for uh, quoted software companies on a current year basis is still very low by historic standards. I mean, there have been single digits that they're really terrible times in the market like post.com or post global financial crisis. But if you take those out of the equation, we're still at historic lows. And I do think the the improving trading picture will start to show through into valuations as investors get more confident that they're not going to see more uh, downgrades across the board anyway, and downgrades will be fewer and farther between. So I'm, I'm reasonably confident about share prices and valuations for this year, much less so um, on the corporate activity side of things. And I think in terms of valuations on PE, I think there's a, <clears throat> you've got, you've got a, quite a big supply of businesses coming through on the SBOs, but you've also got a lot of money still chasing those deals. So I think the dynamics are reasonably well set for fairly stable valuations on PE uh, during 2024, obviously much lower or to a degree lower um, quite a lot lower, I think, in software and somewhat lower in ICT services than they were in, in the peak of the market, but still reasonably solid and a lot higher than they are on the capital markets, which, again, will probably need to more P2Ps, as we've already uh, seen a lot of during the last 12 months or so. And I think we're going to see some more during this year. So that's it for this month. Interesting start to the year, relatively quiet, but um, overall, I think a, a, a broadly positive start. Um, I look forward to talking to you again next month. And in the meantime, take care of yourselves and I'll speak to you then. Thanks. Bye-bye.